What's up? Yeah. Getting into it. Getting into it. Good. Good evening. Good morning. Good afternoon. Whatever damn time you're listening to this. So, uh, I just wanted to take uh, the four seconds. I'm going to take four. Not five, not three, but four. So, I'm going to take four seconds. Make sure you guys hit the like, share, or subscribe button. So, four, three, two, one. (laughs) Good. (laughs) I do that all the time. I count down and, you know, you'll see. So, uh, yeah, so last last week we had a great episode, and uh, it helped me change a little bit. So I want to talk about that before we get into uh, the other segments. I have a really good hell yeah uh, and hell no for you guys today. So I was thinking about the conversation I had uh, with our guest, our special guest, um, Eddie Rivera, I have a beautiful painting to my left um, of uh, Dr. Jordan B. Peterson, and uh, I. It was made for me from <clears throat> Eddie, and it was a. Uh, it's the first time that I've ever owned a painting, so you know, so to be able to say that I helped collaborate to create it as well, you know, was a huge deal for me. But I wanted to talk about kind of where I thought, where where you are in your life and where you think you'll go. So I never thought in, you know, when, when I was younger, when I was like 19, 20, you know, things were kind of rough. So I, ne- I never really, I never really thought that I would be in a position, the ones that I'm in now. And I, I think it was just like certain fires that were lit under my ass. And I think that part of it is because some of us are forced to change. Like some of us don't have the uh, luxury of not changing. You know, there's, and and that's where I want to talk about achievements and things that have kind of been passed down generationally. So like for me, I think that I was forced to change. And I think there's a lot of people, there's a lot of listeners, there's a lot of people who are very stuck um, you know, those of you, you know, we've had, you know, 17 episodes, but those of you who don't know, like I said, I come from a very poor family. My dad, I got to, like I said, I took a look at one of his pay stubs. I mean, for four children, he should not have been making, you know, he wasn't even making middle-class, you know, money. He's making, I think it was like 35, you know, $40,000 a year. That was our entire household. And there's four of us, you know, four children. And he also, You know, he had good benefits, so he didn't want to leave. I remember he was really trying to, like, hold things together. It was kind of rough. But so I want to talk about that a little bit today um, before we get into and have a silly goose time. So the, the thing, when you're forced to change, when you have to change because there's no other option, I think that's a lot of people. Um, So some people are forced to change. And they stay, they stay the same because it's too comfortable. So they still change, but they change for that. This is the, the, this is the life they've chose. They've chose this life. That's going to just be, Hey, I'm going to work here. Um, you know, work is supposed to be miserable. What I do for love and passion comes out in family, which is, which is good. I think that's one of the most valuable things that you can do is raise a good 
son or daughter. But I do, however, think that it gets into if you're miserable most of the time, most of the time those people are going to see you miserable. So it's tough to change because if you're always miserable if you're, or if you've kind of chosen that this is the way that you're supposed to be, you're never going to change, and you've, you've made that decision. Now, for some of us, it's like when we go through struggles, we're forced to change. And for me, I was forced to change at such a young age. At like 14, 15, I was forced to change. And it was because of my choices. It was because of my family's choices. It was because of um, my situation. Um, but after a while, I started to realize that the only person to blame and the only person that was really going to give a shit was myself. So for me, it was not easy. I hate when, like, you know, when people just pull themselves out of any sort of struggle, they say that, oh, yeah, it was easy. It was hell. It was awful. But I, I will always remember it and I will, it'll always drive me, which gives me an edge on some people where they would give up really quickly, I'm not going to. So I think that um, that's that's the big one is that a lot of people will um, they'll give up very quickly and then, of course, you have me, who I won't. So being around people who in talking with people and in interviewing people and having conversations with people who wouldn't give up very quickly I have found extremely stimulating and extremely um, helpful for me I mean when you can talk with somebody and it's shared suffering and shared struggle there is nothing there is no better common denominator than that there is nothing better and when you look at somebody in the eyes, you can tell. And I, I said this to my buddy um, yesterday or two days ago who I saw who's going through a really, really hard time, um, really rough. He's had kind of a rough life, and he caved. He, he crumbled under the pressure. But I look at him, and he has something that only some people have that I've seen. And I know how how cinematic or how, how like in the movies this sounds, but some people have things behind the eyes that you could see. Like you can look be you could look at him and I looked at him and it was still like it was still like looking at a lion, man. This kid is just so fierce. I mean, he's just so fierce looking, you know, but to see his eyes like, hey, you know, life got the best of me again you know, but I'm going to get back after it. So to be able to look at somebody and see that still um, in a conversation, in just a conversation we had is huge. And, you know, I, I think after a while, it'd be nice to get uh, him on the podcast as well, you know, just because really looking forward to what he does. But to have, to have that uh, peace built into you that you had to change and that you're, you're built for struggle. You're built for um, adversity. You're built for all the chips. Every everything is stacked against you. Everything is against you. Um, that's why you know uh, when it's the hottest day out, I'm out there working out outside. 
you know, when it was the coldest days out there, I used to run in the morning when it was the coldest days out just because I wanted to hear my buddies say that I was crazy or just, you know, or, or just because screw you, like just because not you, but screw the cold, like, Hey, you know, I don't give a shit how cold it is. I can go out and I could take it. Like I, I needed that because it's like that kept me sharp. That kept me going. So anything that people usually kind of shift away from, I steer into. And to be around people who are like that, they steer into struggle because they know that's where that's where you become the most creative. That's what they know that that's where you can come out with more uh more money. You know, that's where they know they can come out with a better attitude. Um you know, that's, that's when they can really find themselves. So I told you, you know, I'm telling you this to kind of tell you this, this story, like we were, I was thinking about it. I, I think that there's people right now who have it pretty easy. And I thought about that for a second. And I've been told by two people in the past, uh, two weeks, three weeks, um, this is really interesting um, interesting woman just told me and, uh, then, you know, had a conversation, um, with my friend Dan. Having that you haven't been through a lot and having that you have been kind of pushed and you've had this good team and you've had a great family and you've had a great life and you go on vacation three, four days, you know, or three, four weeks out of the year, and you, you do stuff like that. I used to look down on those people. You know, I used to kind of like, it's me, it's us versus them type of mentality. But they're given their own types of struggles because now, and I wouldn't wish this on anybody, those types of people have no resi- not no resiliency but their resiliency is different their their ability to take struggle is different their they have their own sets of skills and they have their own sets of drawbacks so i i used to look at them like oh they are the they are the worst you know they've been given everything they're spoon fed blah blah you know i used to just say stuff like that um because i had somebody come up to me this is how it, it, this is like a couple weeks ago. And she started to talk to me and is immediately when I started talking about, you know, just kind of the gym was going through, you know, what my company was going through during the pandemic, you know, what I was going through um, at the time, there's a lot of things that were going wrong. What happened, you know, you know, that I had, uh, you know, that I had worried myself into a, you know, gastrointestinal you know, devastation, you know, just, I I couldn't eat anything. I couldn't sleep. I was so stressed out. Like, so I started, you know, talking to her about like all that and to watch this, this person clam up and want to change the subject so much because, and I, I know them pretty well because they wouldn't be able to relate or help me. And I knew that's what it was. It wasn't like, Oh, I don't want to talk about struggle, you know, but I really don't want to talk about these struggles because I, I can't relate to you. And I think that I got like pissed and then I came back and then had those conversations. I would never wish 
that type of struggle on anybody, you know, just not being able to, not being able to handle it. But where they're strong, I'm weak, I'm weak, they're strong. You know, I used to be terrified, seriously, terrified. Every time I'd go to the doctor's office, you know, a lawyer's office, or I go, I go somewhere and they'd give me a form. They'd give me a form where I'd have to write all this stuff down, all this. For some reason, it just gave me, because I never had anybody, you know, you, you know, there to teach me, like, hey, this is what this is. This is what this is. Like, I never knew. So I used to steer away. I'd be, I'd be scared. I know that sounds stupid. It sounds terrible because I was dumb. I was a, you know, um, you know, just a G. I, I had a GED, and I didn't know what any of those things meant, and I used to sweat. I would, oh, my God. Oh, my, what, what do they mean by you know, gross income or net income, you know, what do they, uh, you know, I just didn't know and I should have known and, and, you know, or I used to, when I go to, um, somebody's house and they had a really nice house, like a really nice house, I would, they would see me and I'd be like staring. Like, I'd be like, wow, what's that? Like, what's that? I didn't even know what a kitchen Island was. You know, the, 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 island like in the middle of the kitchen I was like why do they have that you know I remember I went to this girl's house and she had two sinks and I was like in the kitchen and I was blown away I was like 16 17 I was blown away I couldn't believe it. I'm like wow I was like that's amazing it's like I wonder what they need two sinks for like and you know do they like wash their hands in one and then dishes in one like I had like that's how that's how stupid you know, I was and being in certain situations would just terrify me. It was just awful, like sweating, you know, so it, it, so it took me a long time to get out of like that certain people like that's normal to them. They, they just do those types of things. So where some people are strong, some people are weak and it, it really gave me a better respect for people. So I have to say this, like, I've trained a lot of really well-off, you know, young athletes and teens, too, in my in my personal training company, and I've seen the kids that crumble because their parents are pushing them way too hard, and those kids are not used to that type of adversity, so maybe that's why their parents are pushing them, and they think it might be doing them some good, but I've seen it go the opposite, and then I've seen the young athlete, the teen, you know, that has really taken his parents' achievements and his parents' drive and work ethic and run with it. I have seen some amazing young teenagers who are now adults. I can't believe them, you know, they're all adults and they, some of them have, you know, great businesses and, and um, are going to, you know, graduating from college, you know, I can't, you know, it's so weird to say that because, you know, I'm starting to feel old now, Um, but I've been around for a while. So to see all these young, young uh, men and women do such great things, it's amazing to me, you know, so it's like, regardless of what's happened, I think that success needs to be start, needs to start to be seen as success because I've seen somebody who, who has started from nothing be extremely successful and almost like with a vengeance successful. If that's what motivates you, that's what does. And then I've seen 
young people with, you know, college educated, you know, um, all their, their, their student loans, you know, or most of them are paid for, or they had scholarships or that still takes achievements. That still takes, you know, so, so I used to hate on that. And now I'm going, they have a different competitive edge. You have a different competitive edge. If you started from nothing and you started from something, each one has their own competitive edge. You know, the one that's the one that struggles, the one that, you know, the 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 one that struggled started from nothing. That wolf's always hungry. You know what I mean? It's always going to keep pushing through. It's always going to. It's never going to stop. It's going to be, you know, almost impossible to stop them. You know, but that wolf that's been fed, that healthy one, has its own longevity too. You know, that it has its own path, its own direction. You know, so I have, like, found this newfound respect for people who maybe aren't exactly like me. You know, it's like, why am I hating? You know, why am I hating? You know what I mean? If it's success, is success. I mean, yeah, I mean, when you hear them, they're like, you know, they've been given stuff. I mean, that might piss you off, but... Listen, if you are the hungry type, if you're the one that started from nothing, I'll tell you this. This is really important and what I've learned in the past 15, 16 years. If you are the hungry type that starts from nothing, the people that I'm usually talking to, the people that I'm usually interacting with, if you are that type, okay, and I have to say this, you got to know how serious I am about it. It's fuck balance. Fuck balance balance. You heard me say it. Fuck balance. Yeah, I said fuck four times. It's four times now. You don't, you don't have, you don't have the luxury of balance. You need to get it. You need to go after it. You need to do it because guess what? Nobody else is going to feed you. Nobody. So you need to make sure you go after everything 24 hours a day. You have to do it. You have to get up early. You have to go to bed late. You have to do those things. And I know how tough that sounds for some of you, but you need it. I remember, okay, I remember walking and one of my buddy's dads um, drove by me and I saw him. He even looked and he, it almost looked like he was going to stop, okay? And he didn't pick me up. He didn't stop and ask me if I needed a ride, okay? So then later on, this is years later, I remember I asked him why. And it bothered me. It was one of those things to keep you up at night. And I asked him, and he goes, you needed to know, he goes, that you will never, you never should be calling and asking for a ride. You needed to walk. And I was like, what? Like, what the? Like, I I still wasn't old enough to understand what he meant. But now I get it. He's like, you needed that struggle. You needed to be able to be pushed and know that you are the only one that's going to do it. You built, you, you made your bed. You got to, you got to go with it. You got to sleep in it. And I figured, or you could have given me a ride and then I could have looked at you for as some sort of mentor or something, but no, I get what he did. He did the opposite. So it actually motivated me more when he told me years later. (laughs) So it helped and motivated me more when he didn't pick me up, you know? So some of us, it's like, you got to struggle. You got to go through it. The other people, balance is key because you don't have those mechanisms to help you with stress like the person with the struggle. So you need balance. You need the vacation. You need to be able to cool your jets a little bit. You need to be able to talk to, to somebody 
and do that. It's like, I've noticed that like the people who haven't been through a lot of struggle, they're the ones that break down so easily. And it's like, you need the balance. You need to make sure you have balance. And it's because you've never been pitched that much of shit, you know? So, so if you're the struggling type, if you're the, the, the person that comes from nothing, fuck balance. And if you're the person that comes from something, you need the balance. You need to make sure you have those things in place to go further. You guys will go almost the same, the same amount. It's just a different, uh, it's just a different type of path for everybody. So it was just something that I really noticed and I had to, I had to say, because I have just, after having this conversation, um, with this, um, very motivational, uh, person, Jess, I got to I got to say, I got to give her props for kind of opening my eyes to that. And I think that's what she was trying to do as well. So, um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm very interested in getting her on the podcast as well because um, she's been doing some great things with some very, very um, famous, you know, motivational and uh, inspiring people. So, yeah, I think I might, I might just do that. But, uh, all right, so, sorry I went on that uh not sorry. Not sorry. I went on that tangent. I had to say it because it was it was it was on me for like weeks to talk about it. So, um, all right. So, listen. We're gonna get into hell yeah versus hell no. I have uh, three really really good ones that uh, were making me laugh. You guys' comments are insane. So, uh, yeah. Let's get into it. Hell yeah versus hell no. We have hell yeah versus hell no. We got these three for you. Uh, I'm the, the, the vote is actually keep, uh, the votes are actually coming in quite quickly. And do you know what I like the most about doing this segment is watching how many people vote. Like what's killing me is like, I see a lot of people who do these like polls and votes and stuff. You know, they got like 10,000 followers and there's only like, they, they have like a thousand people liking it. And, and then only like 10 people vote, you know, with me, I'm getting like 200 people voting, 250 people voting. It's, it's amazing, you know, so I must be doing something right here. So we're going to go through this hell yeah versus hell no. And I'm going to be as, as, uh, as honest as possible. So the first one, nipple piercings. Nipple piercings, um, those, um, <laughs> yeah, so with nipple piercings, you know, nipple piercings are, are also known as nipple dumbbells, you know, and uh, I had somebody ask, why are you calling them nipple dumbbells? And I said, because you curl them up into your mouth. And uh, yeah, I thought that was a good response and uh, I did a hell of a job. So nipple piercings, my experience, you know, mainly with, um, the, you know, the piercings of, of the nips. Um, I was very young, you know, when I, when I, uh, you know, when I had to experience uh, nipple piercings and, and being shocked and not understanding even why. I mean, I knew people did it, but I remember there was this uh, young lady at the time. I was also a young man. Let me be clear. And and it it was like you could see it through his shirt, but I thought like I didn't I didn't know that that's what she was doing. Like I had no idea that that is what 
it was under her shirt. I just thought, like, I got nervous because my my friend's like, yeah, look at that. And I was like, yeah, look at that. And I, but I need to be honest, I, I didn't know what I was looking at. Like, I was like, yeah, uh, yeah. I thought she was like, had deformed, you know, nipples or something. Cause I saw three marks, you know, with the, I saw like a boop, 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 you know? And I was like, oh man, that's sad. Maybe she has like a, like a deformity or something, you know? I was like, maybe, and then. Uh, then I found out maybe, you know, a couple weeks later that it's not the case. And that was shocking to me. I, I've never seen anything like that. So now that I know, and then my, I had a buddy, uh, my buddy, Nick Adams and I, yeah, I'll, I'll say his name. He's a very successful piercer and, and stuff. He was always into like piercings and tattoos. Now he's doing absolute phenomenal stuff. Um, I believe his Instagram name is Nicholas the geezer. I'm pretty, or the geezer. Yeah, he is I would love to get him. Ah, that's a good, I keep getting good podcast uh, uh, people to interview. One of my favorite people um, of all time. We couldn't be further. We're, we're so different, uh, but he, I just enjoy uh, his uh, smile and and uh, just his just energy is amazing. But he had piercings like all over at such a young age, and he was like, you know, had tattoos and stuff like that. I thought that was pretty cool. So, you know, for me, I'm going to honestly say like, what's not to hell yeah like like i think people think about the pain you know the, the pain sucks yeah I, I mean like having somebody you know you know take you know take a a couple of tongs and squeeze your tit, your your man tits or your girl your girl boobies and then shove you know a needle through it yeah that sucks but i so i think that's what people were held hell knowing but I mean, having them, I imagine afterwards is like, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I would have them. You know, I think I like them more on girls than guys. I mean, I, I'm just from my own perspective, um, you know, but nipple dumbbells, it's like, Hey, whatever, you know, do your thing. Uh, I'm going to hell. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand how, you, you know, you know, I don't get the other side of it. I mean, I mean it gets caught and stuff though. You know what I mean? You're walking by, by somebody, you get it caught on, you know, somebody's shirt, rips out. Oh, then then you really got a deformed nipple. Um, people are still voting right now, uh, but, oh, come on. See, I hell yeah it. Um, 66% said hell no, and 34% said hell yeah. So the nipple dumbbells, nah. Now, um... I wanted to you know to talk about the next one number 2 which is polyamory or being polyamorous. So now polyamory is something I'm extremely familiar with. I have people who are very close to me and who are in polyamorous relationships. And I also have uh been able to talk with a lot of people about um uh, being open in, you know, being in relationships where you have more than one partner. That's what that means. That you can have, you know, a girlfriend and another girlfriend or, or, or a wife and another wife or, you know, whatever, multiple partner. Or she can have a husband and another husband and then a, a girlfriend. Now, here's the thing. Here's what we think of. And when, when I think of, I used to be like, oh, it's a free-for-all. You're just, you know, 
having sex with everybody. You're just you're just throwing that peen and vagine everywhere. You're like, yo, you want you want you get a partner. You get a partner. You get a partner. You get a partner. Like that's what I think everybody thought it was. Like it's like a free for all. Like I think when they they think it's just like an orgy at a house. You know what I mean? Like oh, uh, your wife has multiple partners. Mm, interesting. And they think like when you walk into their home, it's just going to be people having sex everywhere. They're like, is this is this okay to sit? Is this okay to sit? I also think the 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 funny thing is with. With that, I think it's a lot of, in, in if I may, I think it's a lot of really, I don't want to say weak men, but but men who who would not be able to get cer- certain women that get into polyamory. At least that's, you know, what I've seen. I don't know a lot of, like, really strong, desirable, um, you know, men that are like, yeah, you know. I'm I'm okay with my wife being with another guy. I, I I'm just assuming. I just haven't seen it. Every single documentary. Remember those HBO documentaries and Showtime documentaries they do on like alternate lifestyles and TLC. It's always like a dude that's balding right here. He's got a long ponytail, and you know he's wearing. You know, you know they don't wear shirts around their house and stuff. And she, they're both and they're both partners are with a smoking hot girl. Like the girl is always way hotter. At least in at least in these these shows that they're showing, and he's like, and it's like his name's Ken, and he's like, I'm I'm fine with it, I'm completely fine with it. I'm one with the universe in her what she wants, and he's like twitching because he's lying. Um, <laughs> no, he. So what a what what I would think is most guys like are get get around a really pretty girl, a really pretty woman, and she's like, I'm in to polyamory and he's like oh great that's awesome he has no idea what the hell it is that he gets back and she's like all right well see you later i'm gonna go out on a date with steven he's like what the hell are you talking about date with steven who the hell's steven she's like i'm polyamorous he's like i thought you said parmesan cheese i said you said parmesan i love parmesan you know what i mean he's like i don't know what i don't know what any of that means i'm out i thought it was a different you know i thought it was a shape like a polygon or or a rhomboid or you know a right angle you know he doesn't he doesn't know what any of that shit is. So make sure you explain it to him so you don't, he's not surprised. And he comes up to your table. He's like, what the hell? Who the hell is this? You're like, it's Steven. I told you I was polyamorous. And you're like, no. That, what the hell are you talking about? I thought I thought that means like a like a different shape or a car you drove. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> you know, I thought you knew how to read minds. <laughs> so listen, if you are going to be um, polyamorous in every single person that I have talked to, um, and I have talked to quite a bit about this. It requires more communication. It requires more emotional IQ. It requires a lot of time, energy, and getting to know yourself a little bit better. So just keep that in mind. Um, I am hoping, hoping to have a sex therapist on, and I'm saying it now, I'll say it out loud. Uh, I'm going to ask her if she would like to be on the show. Um, I'm sure we'll have uh, some serious and silly goose time uh, uh, talks. But I definitely want to uh, really dive into some different, uh, uh, you know, different preferences and things like that. I have so many questions. Uh, But I think for most people, it's like they want to just be with one partner. You know, they most people do. And I think that it has to do with. Yeah, maybe some of the stuff that we've been constructed with societal, society-wise. But I also think it has a lot to do with building a good, he- healthy 
family raising, you know, could, you know, we, we're not really sure how a lot of these, these, these different lifestyles affect children. We just don't know. And I think it's cool. Like me personally, I'm going to hell yeah, polyamory, because it's like, if you want to be with more than one person, good for you. If you want to be with, you know, eight people, good for you. I do not care. And I also, I think as when I was younger, really wanted to kind of investigate it further because I really thought it would be something that I would, would actually be doing. And then I kind of found out through just by power of, maybe power of deduction on who I was as a person that I would be in a more monogamous relationship, that I would be like with a one person or one woman type of guy. And because I was just so, you know, not that for a, a extremely long time. And I mean, you know, you still think about it. I still think about it, but it's like, it just seems for me, I don't have like the time, you know, I, I barely have time for myself, you know, so I, I don't know if I could spread myself so thin uh, amongst people. But I think it's like, if you want to do it, do it good for you. Um, let's, uh, let's take a look. People are still voting. So this will be, this will be interesting. People are still voting. So we're going to go. Ah, 88% said hell no, and 12% said hell yeah. And we obviously are going to see that type of thing because it's, I, I think that it's not the societal norm. I, I think that, you know, those people, I think that those people want to be kind of heard in their different alternate lifestyle, you know, changes in, in, in who they are. That's great. Um, I just don't think that it's for everybody. You can't really talk anybody in into that. I mean, they need to know that it could be an option, and I think everybody knows that it's an option. I just think that, or a lot of people know it's an option. I just don't never think it's going to be like this thing that's like crazy mainstream, I, and I mean like that in the masses of, of people. And I think it, if you're younger, it's more appealing, or, or more if you're younger, it's more appealing. And if you're older, you tend to start to go, hey, hey, I'm gonna you know, I'll say it. Hey, I'm going to die soon. I'm going to die in a little bit. I need to make sure I at least have one person around me, you know, so you're like, all right, you're it. Um, you know, so it's like, you, you want to make sure you're well kept, well taken care of. Um, so yeah, but I'm going to hell yet. It got, um, hell nod, but still I'm all for it. So you want a partner, you want a partner, you want a partner, you want a partner, you want two partners, you get two partners. You want three, you get three. Good for you. Polyamory. It's a hell yeah for me, but a hell no for everybody else. So the next one, and this one's a little bit deeper. So I was actually excited to um, get that. Um, and these uh, submissions, um, yeah, these submissions are fantastic. Um, do you think the things that you strive to make you more, do you think the things you strive for make you more valuable to society? And, um, uh, this guy, uh, Joe, he, he, uh, he put that in there. Phenomenal knife maker, by the way, go check him out. I believe it's Vendetta Knives on Instagram. So good. Joe Corey. Joe Carey. Joe Carey. Joe Carey. Really nice guy. Amazing knife maker. Um, so here's the thing. I think that when we talk about, what makes us, what we contribute to society and what we contribute to ourselves are two different things. Um, 
in a micro and mac, you know, macro way. So I think what you need to contribute, if you contribute to society in what you do and who you are, um, it's it's by not being such a chaotic person. I think that if you're more organized, more apt to help somebody because you are in a position to help somebody because you don't need to, you, you have your life in order, you're able to pass that down to society. But I think right now you have a lot of young people who are very chaotic, very aimless, so they're not contributing the best things to society because they don't even know who they are yet. Much like anybody when they're young don't don't know who they are. Like when I was younger, I never thought that I would be doing any of the things that I've been doing. The person who you are when you're 19 is not the person you are when you're 25. And if it is, that means you were never challenged. You never had anything challenging or, or that challenged your thought process. So a lot of people, they carry around their beliefs of their parents, they carry around, uh, you know, their religions. They never question any of those things. Now, here's something also very valuable. You can go full circle, experience all of these other things, question all of these things, and come back around to a general basis of who you are. Um, and it was very close to what your parents wanted you to be or, or, or presented you with. But I think that right now, so many young people think they're helping you know, helping society, um, questioning the things that we know that work and keep people organized and they haven't looked in other countries or anything like that and seen the, the controlled dreary chaos of, you know, any sort of different political, you know, communism and, and, um, you know, kind of like a, like, like a dictatorship, like I think that they think that that would be better than our current system that we have. And I don't think that's at all true. I think we have perfect examples of why that's not the case. But we have a lot of young people wandering around aimlessly with these very odd, um, unchallenged, sporadic thoughts of how they think the world should go. If I told you how the world should have went when I was 17 or 18. I was more of an, I would say more nihilistic, um, very depressed. And I was just very, very anxious all the time, but I was almost, I would be considered almost an anarchist. I just wanted to see everything burn, you know? So I'm glad that I got out of that type of thinking because that type of thinking is, Hey, burn everything down. And, but guess what? Who's standing there at the end when everything's burnt is you. And the only thing left to burn is yourself. So the thing is, is like later on, it's like, what can you contribute to society, to people, to personal and, and, and individuals? A helping hand, man. I know that sounds corny, but you have to take on more responsibility. You know, when, when, you, when you see people, help them off the floor. You know, when you, when you see somebody broken down, you want to help them out. When you, when you see somebody drop something, pick it up for them. Like when you, like just those little things make a world of difference. And I think that right now we're not getting enough of that, or, or at least right now um, the news media would make you seem like that we're not getting enough of that. But I think that it's a lot of young people. So I don't think, I, I don't think that a lot of them are contributing the best in their best selves because they're just so young. You know what I mean? It's like when you're young, you have, crazy ideas of how you think the world works and or how you think the world should work and I think that you're usually so far off because I remember my thoughts because I I wrote almost everything down 
um, because I remember going to therapy and them telling me, hey, write things down. You should see some of the stuff that I have written down when I was that age. And I don't believe any of it now. Like I'm just so different and it's because you have, um, you put yourself in order, you know. And, you know, that's that's just my opinion. But I think this is a great question. Like do you think what you're doing is valuable to society, what you're putting forward? I think there's a lot of people who put amazing things forward for society. And I think there's a lot of you that should be very proud of yourselves and also that aren't saying it. And I love that. I think you want to be proud, but you can be proud internally and let people's, um, let people compliment you without kind of seeking for that, like seeking that approval. I love that. You know, those people who film like, oh, I fed this bum a, a, a donut and I gave him $6. It's like, Dude, get the camera out of his face. Just do it with just do it because you need to do it. Don't do it for the clout. The clout is bullshit. That's another thing. If people are doing things for clout, they're doing things, you know, for that social pat on the back, that social justice pat on the back. It's like, ugh, you have just missed the mark of what the whole point was. You're doing it for yourself and for them. Stop filming yourself doing great things or or great or in your opinion, great things. Because then you miss the point. You know, you're 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 if you post it on Facebook, yeah, it's not a good thing. You know, it's like if I did something, you would never know it. And I, mean, I like it that way. You know what I mean? Let it be between myself and the person, or the person and the, and somebody else. So I like the people who are contributing to society, the people who are helping the best they can, and the people who are also just doing it because they know that it's the right thing to do it's a good thing to do so some of you are you like I I had a a friend that she's a nurse and I don't think she knows how valuable she is and she's going through kind of a rough time and she doesn't talk about a lot what happens um you know to her in that those situations and I said you need to talk to you know people about the things that you've seen and the things that that have hurt you in that situation because it's so valuable what you're doing. You have no idea. I mean, like, I just don't think she knows. I know a lot of us know. Um, but it's so valuable to make sure that you stay on the up and up and you, and, and you talk about the things that you're experiencing with people who aren't going to judge you and who people who know how valuable it is what you're doing. You know, so I think that there's people doing amazing work out there. Seriously amazing work. And um, you should be taking great pride in that, um, however small it is. So the thing is, is you don't have to be these huge game changers. Everybody's looking at these celebrities and politicians and all that. That was the that's the biggest trap that you can fall into, is start idolizing people who are doing it in front of the camera. The thing is, is you need to do it because you need to do it for you, and don't compare yourself to oh yeah, I didn't give a million dollars away to this charity publicly, but here's the thing. You help somebody bag their groceries. You help somebody back out of a parking space. You help an old lady do her car. You did, All of those things are extremely valuable. So never, ever start putting yourself down for how small or how large some of those things are. So seriously, I'm going to obviously, um, I would say I could do, I could do a lot more, you know, for, for society. So I would say like, I'm kind of, yeah, I would say, Hell yeah, of course, I think what I'm doing is meaningful and, and purposeful because I'm not being um, expedient. It's one of the, the rules that I've learned is do what is meaningful, not what is expedient. 
So, and I've lived, I, I don't make nearly as much as I, I was making, um, as you know, when I, when I first started out, I, I had this job where I was making killer money and I left to make a fourth of it in, in, in start my company. And then now here I am making probably about the same as I was making before. And I love what I do. I get to, I have such freedom in, in, I love it, you know, so it's like I get to do because I was slow and steady and I did what I enjoyed rather than doing what was just quick and would make me a buck. I knew that that wasn't the way to to get to me in here and in here, you know, so I'm obviously going to say hell yeah. And I think a lot of you should have said hell yeah. And you did. So 86% said hell yeah. They are contributing um, things to strive and make you more valuable to society. And 14% said nah. So yeah, it's okay. Some of you don't worry. You know, don't worry. You'll get there. Um, all right. Listen, I love those hell yeah versus hell no's. I mean, I have to be honest with you. I was super stoked when I got those in. We have, I have uh twenty three of them on the backlog. So I'm I'm going to kind of add those in these next couple of episodes. Um, you know, stay tuned. We'll announce uh, who our next uh, guest that we're going to have. And seriously, thank you all for liking, sharing, subscribing. Thank you all for the deep conversations, your comments. Uh, I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I'm just a big nose dude just trying to just do some interviews and just enjoy life. So seriously, thank you all so much. And uh, I'm out of here. Later.